Hey guys, welcome to Feeling Twisty. I'm Mike, and I'm really glad you're listening. I want to talk about uh, a little bit about Neville Goddard's lecture, Changing the Feeling of I. And by I, it's the first person pronoun, I, not the eyeball. But before I get into it, I was thinking earlier about how I'm always talking about, well, I'm not the only one. It seems like everybody's talking about it now, uh, about this concept, this understanding that I am, that God's name is I am, if you've read the Bible. It's uh, in the Old Testament that the name of God, of this creative power, is I am. I exist, the self-existent one. I am being. I am aming. <laughs> so awareness of being, this I amness that's within all of us, is God, is the Father. And I am aware or conscious of being Mike. And you are conscious of being you. But the same I am, the same God, is within all of us, is all of us. And what we experience in life, uh, you might want to call it manifestation, or just, I like just calling it experiences, because what, what's manifested in our physical life is just, uh, is what, everything is a manifestation. Every experience is a manifestation. So I'm just going to stick to experiences. So what we are experiencing is the son. There's a father-son relationship in Colossians, I think 1.15. It says that the son is the image of the invisible God. The son is the, is the image of the invisible God. So what we are imagining, what we are conscious of being, is what's experienced. The Son is the expressed image of the Father within us. What I'm imagining of myself is what I experience. So I like to think of the Father and the Son as that, the Father, my awareness of being. I like saying imagination. Uh, Neville Goddard got me turned on to using that term. I like it because you're bringing up images in your mind. And that's what you experience in life, in what we call life, this physical world. So anyway, uh, back to what I was going to say in the beginning. You know, growing up in church, that's not how I saw it. I still saw, even though they would say that God's name is I am that I am. But I, I still saw it and was raised to believe that it's everything's on the outside that each one of us are strictly you know we're carnal minded and we cannot be saved until we invite jesus to come into our lives uh, jesus that state that consciousness is already within us that's a personification of the power and wisdom of god of this i amness but growing up, I didn't see it that way. But I still saw miracles. I experienced what were called miracles. 
And miracles are, I think, are, it's a term used to explain something that we don't understand. We see it as, as a divine hand coming down and chain, altering the course of our lives in some way. It's miraculous because we don't understand what faith really is, that faith is this knowingness, this surety, this peculiar certainty that whatever we desire is ours. But I still saw these miracles. I saw people being healed and finances turning around. It all goes down, comes down to that's the state of consciousness I was in. I believed in an outside God, but I also believed that if I asked earnestly enough, this outside God would grant me whatever I asked for, if I deserved it, if I proved myself worthy. That was always the catch for me. It's like, oh, I don't think I'm worthy enough. I know what I was thinking about, you know, someone the other day. I know what I called that person. I'm not worthy. So there was a catch, you know, I had to be deserving of the miracle to get it. But there were still miracles because that was what I believed. That's the state of consciousness I was in. And, uh, Neville describes, you know, he talks about states of consciousness a lot, that we're all in a state of consciousness. Let me read the quote before I get any further. The, a quote from his 1953 lecture series. Uh, this one's titled, Changing the Feeling of I. In our, uh, let's see, let me just start from the beginning. For the benefit of those who were not present last Sunday, just let me give you a quick summary of the thought expressed here. We claimed that the world was a manifestation of consciousness, that the individual's environment, circumstances, and conditions of life were only the outpicturing of the particular state of consciousness in which that individual abides. Therefore, the individual sees whatever he is, he is by virtue of the state of consciousness from which he views the world. Any attempt to change the outer world before he changes the inner structure of his mind is to labor in vain. Everything happens by order. Those who help or hinder us, whether they know it or not, are the servants of that law, which constantly shapes outward circumstances in harmony with our inner nature. Let me read another part, uh, just go back to one of the sentences. The individual sees whatever he is by virtue of the state of consciousness from which he views the world. Now, like I was talking about how I experienced miracles growing up, even though I believed that everything was separate from me and the I am spoken of wasn't this I amness that's in all of us. And then I had to plead my case and be deserving of it. But when I really felt I deserved it, I would get it. I believed I would get it. And if I didn't get it, then God knows better, right? But man, these miracles and th good things did happen. But that's the state of consci consciousness I was in. Neville describes a state of consciousness as this state of being. And with this state of being comes beliefs, thoughts, reactions, your experiences or manifestations. 
along with your prejudices and your restrictions. Everything that you've consented to when you were born on this earth, you came into being in this little body you're in, and you've consented to forgetfulness, to forget who you really are. And then you grew up in a state by what you heard on the news or what you were told by your parents and all these different things. You, you, can't, be, you can't be successful because of the color of your skin. You're not accepted because you're gay. You can't be gay because that's a sin. All of these different, I'm not going to, I could, you can come up with your own uh, restrictions and things that you've been brought up to believe and to accept as true for yourself. So all of these things that have become part of you based on unnumbered different reasons why they're, you know, the, the color of your skin, the country you're in, your accent, the way you look, the size of you, big or small. I was always tiny, short, sometimes chubbier, but always short, <laughs> always short. I didn't realize I was short until my, uh, I never thought of myself as short until my principal on graduation night, uh, he had printed a little inspirational thing for each one of us. It was a small school, only 23 of us. And, you know, he gave some uplifting things to a lot of people. And he meant this to be uplifting, but he, he said, don't let your stature ever determine, you know, blah, blah, blah. I lost it after <laughs> I stopped paying attention to it. I don't even remember what he said, except for me being short, my stature. Uh, and then, you know, I remember being really ticked off, like, oh my gosh, I am short. I'm really small, five foot six. I always thought I was a big guy. That's how I saw myself. But see, that, that type of thing, what we're told and what we accept is true, what we believe to be true about ourselves, all come out of the state of consciousness we're in. So when I was growing up in that state of consciousness that, that I've already described earlier in this episode, was I still saw things and believed things and thought things and reacted to things based on that state. And when I was healed, I've talked about this a number of times already, but if I was still in that state of consciousness that I grew up in, that, that this outside God that's separate from me would only do something for me if I truly deserved it. If I believed, if I was still dwelling in that state, I would not have been healed because I could come up with all kinds of things by which I judged myself that I determined I was not worthy of being healed. I wasn't worthy of anything. I mean, there were dark days when I was sick because of I, in the state I was in. I need to be punished. I've been a awful father, an awful husband. I need to die. Very dark days. But I can look back at that now and not judge that. Not judge any of that. Because I was in a state of consciousness that is now different than the one I am in now. Because who we really are is not the state. Your awareness of being becomes fused with the state. You become one with it. The two shall become one. And your son, the image of what you're imagining, 
is what is outpictured, what you experience in this world. So back to the healing, I had to move into a new state of consciousness. For me, it was in this state of consciousness that had with it the belief that I really could alter my circumstances by changing what I'm imagining. I had to get to that state. Now, there are infinite states. Each one of us, had, I mean, there were, we move through states and we experience things in states of consciousness that are, you know, you have yours and I have mine. But in that, in that shift from one state of consciousness to the other, in simpler words, what I was imagining to be true of myself shifted. I changed what I believed about myself. I moved into this new belief that I could, by a movement within mind, alter my circumstances and get out of the wheelchair for good. Now, I could have been healed in that old state of consciousness. Coming from that state comes with it beliefs and thoughts and reactions and prejudices, everything I talked about and so many other aspects of that. Everything about you that you believe to be true comes from the state of consciousness that you're in. I could have been healed if I'd gotten to the point where I felt worthy of it and I truly believed I was deserving. But that, I moved. It was much faster and much simpler to shift what I was imagining about myself into, into the state of from I'm not deserving, this is impossible, to a state of, oh, you know what? I really believe everything is possible. I really believe everything is possible. In that one moment, on that Thanksgiving morning, in that little conversation I had with myself, the assumption that accepting that it's done, that's when the healing happened. I was healed in consciousness, in imagination. Six days later, I did get up for good and put up the wheelchair and the crutches and all the twitches and all the things with that. I put it all away for good. But I had to change the concept, the feeling of I. I had to change how I identified myself. I had to move into that different state to believe I could be healed. Now we move through states or moods throughout the day. I mean, you're, you're, we fluctuate all the time, you know, we moving through all these different uh, moods, but that's not what Neville's talking about in this lecture, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this core foundational state of being, that fundamental state. Who do I feel I am? You can manifest things, you can bring up wonderful experiences in life and never change who you are. I've used this example before and I've heard plenty of people talk about it, that how, you know, somebody could manifest a lottery win or a big, you know, I've seen people, you know, celebrating lawsuit, you know, they get an accident and then celebrating uh, getting a big lawsuit settlement. And I've been there. I've gotten settlements and won money and won things, but having not moved from that state of lack, still dwelling in this state of consciousness where I believe lack existed, that money quickly dried up. 
because I never shifted the fundamental state, that core state of who I am, my identity. You might want to call it personality, your personality. Person, it comes from, is it Greek? Means, uh, or is it Latin? I can't remember. Persona, pretty sure it's Greek. Somebody's going to correct me. But it means mask, the mask worn by an actor. So your I amness, your awareness of being is portraying this personality, whatever you accept to be true about yourself. In this lecture, Neville talks about self-observation. From my own experience, it's a, a great step into changing this feeling of I, changing my concept of self. Really take an uncritical, non-judgmental look at your life. Look at what you're experiencing. What, where are you now in life? Where have you been throughout life, your experiences? Don't make it a big deal. But just look back at your life and think about your beliefs and your thoughts, your reactions to life and your experiences. I really believe that, first of all, if you don't believe that the God spoken of in the Bible is your own awareness of being, if you still believe that it's something on the outside, for this to work, for me, I had to get to that point to where I really understood and really believed and experienced that, that I am, mentioned in the Old Testament, is in me, expressing itself as me and you. So if you believe that and you really know that, then you know by taking a look at yourself, you know you can start to change things. You can start to change your life and your identity. Just take a look back at your life. Think, just look now. Look right now at yourself and what restrictions do you have on yourself? Restrictions society put on you? Beliefs your parents gave you or that you gave yourself? What are your prejudices? Your biases? What are your beliefs about other people, other races? What are your beliefs about food? Everything you're experiencing is based on these things. I eat what I want. I don't gain weight. because I, I enjoy eating what I want. I don't stress over it. I used to. There's a whole other episode, uh, an early episode where I talk about that, my war with food and anorexia and all that. Because I, I see past that now. I know that Foods won't get me sick, won't make me sick because I've changed the concept of self, my state of consciousness. And I see that no one with a different color skin is any different than me. Oh my gosh. There's no religion that's better than any other. There's no race or country. All of these are imagined up. All of these are just concepts. So look at 
your experiences in life and where you are and what you believe to be true about yourself and about the world. Don't judge it. If, if you're like me, you might look back on some things and think, oh boy, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. And I'm not saying go back and pick apart your entire life. Just think about the state you're in now. Is there something you want to do, want to be? Think of something you want to be. Just real quick, some dream you have, something you want to do or be. Now what popped up right after that? What popped into your head right after you thought of that thing you wanted to do or be? Was it a limitation? Was it some type of restriction? Oh, I don't have the money for that. I can't do that. I, I didn't go to college. I don't even have my high school diploma. I'm in the wrong country. I could sit here for an hour and list restrictions that I'm thinking of, but you can easily come up with your own restrictions, your own limits. Limits aren't necessarily bad. Every state of consciousness, everything you're conscious of being has limits. That's how we experience this, with limits. So limits, uh, the word limit is not a bad thing per se. But if there are limits that are holding you back, stopping you from realizing your dream, kick that limit to the curb. I used to work with a guy, a real good old country boy, talked like this, worked with him at the radio station. It, when he was ready to, you know, when a, he was our tech guy, one of our tech guys, and a computer would be going out, and he'd say, we need a, we need a tall sat in the long grass. That's what you need to do. Toss that limitation in the long grass. Get rid of it. Drop all those things that would stop you from being who you want to be. And you do that by moving, changing the feeling of I. Let go of judgment, let go of shame. And what I found helpful is really just sitting still, being still and like what Neville says, the first principle, just being still and knowing that I am God, that my I amness, my awareness of being is God. And let all of these old things, these restrictions and beliefs, just let go of them. Let go of that old state of consciousness, that old state of being that you've imagined yourself into. You are not those. You are not your restrictions. You're not your limits. You're not even your beliefs or thoughts. You're none of those things. You are, I am. And you fused with that state. And you can easily move into a different state and experience a whole new universe of wonders. You can. Just let love saturate your very being. Just let it come up. You don't, you say you might not know, what does that feel like? Well, when I started doing it, I didn't know really, you know, and I know what it means to love someone, but I wanted to experience just love just unconditional love. So I, 
I got quiet. I, actually, I just laid on the floor in my bedroom, laid flat on my back, and just started contemplating love, saying the word in my mind. And then the feeling, this wonderful, warm, beautiful feeling just came from within my own being, came from up within me, and just saturated everything with love. So do that. Saturate yourself with love. Dwell on it and let it come up from within you. Love. And if it's all love, there can be no shame. Forgiveness is there. Letting it go. But no judgment. You can't have love and judgment and shame. Love yourself. Love your eternal self. Fall in love with yourself. Fall in love. And then it's, once you get to that point, it's easy, easier <laughs> to move into this new state of being, this new concept of self. Once you realize that none of those things are who you really are, the things you used to define yourself, the things that formed your identity, the things you blamed your parents for and your siblings and your friends and society, that's not you. It's not. Unless you choose to hold on to it. So what do you really want? You think it, you might think a new job or more money, a fat bank account. But what do you really want? What's the end? What would that fat bank account give you? Financial freedom? Able to wake up in the morning and not have the anxiety, that pressure, feel you know the thumb of the universe down on your face, telling, reminding you that the bills are due. Oh yeah, wouldn't that be nice? So go to the true end of what you really want to experience. Is it a fat bank account? If that really is what you want, okay. But for most people, and for myself, the number in the account is not what I'm after. I'm after the feeling of abundance, this freedom. <sighs> is it a spe specific person? <laughs> I'm not getting into that. There's a big debate everywhere, you know, not everywhere I look, but I notice a lot of people really talking about it. Is it a specific person that you have to marry? Or is it a loving relationship that you want? Love. A loving marriage or a loving partnership. Is that what you truly want? That feeling of completeness with that other person? You could even take it beyond that, knowing that no one can give you anything unless you decide, except as it is true for yourself, because even the love from another is not coming from them. So what do you truly want? To be loving and loved. To be love. Ah, there we go. So what do you really want? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> Was that Spice Girls? That popped in my head. So decide what you really want. 
And I'm talking about this foundational, fundamental state. I'm not talking about getting a new car and all these different things, which you can do, which are great. But the law of attraction is not what I'm talking about. I don't, to me, everything is within me. So I'm not attracting anything to me. And some of you that read a lot of Neville's books and lectures will say, oh no, he mentioned attraction. I don't care. I'm not Neville right now. (laughs) For me, in my understanding of it is, having to attract something implies that it's separate from me. And I know, I've experienced too much to, to think that something is separate from me. I'm not going back. Why was I saying that? So what do you really want? knowing that you don't have to attract it. You just have to feel into that new state. For me, this is what works. I know what I want. I know what I want to be, what I want to experience. To have the experience, to have it is to be it. There is no having it unless you're being it. There's not. You could point to things and try to argue my, the point and tell me, well, no, this happened and I had nothing to do with it. Mm. Go back to that self-observation, that uncritical look at your life and your experiences, your thoughts and beliefs, your prejudices. Mm. So knowing what I want, I ask myself, How would I feel if I were that right now? I don't don't think of it as how would I feel if I'm that next week or, you know, when the bills do, how would I feel on that bill day? No, make make that bill day right now. Stop looking at anything as in the future. Everything is right now. Even if you don't believe that, what I'm saying, just in the moment, See everything is happening right now. So how would you feel right now if you could easily pay all your bills right now for the month and not be broke afterwards? <laughs> if you could, how would you feel right now if you easily paid your bills today and every, every month with no problem whatsoever and that you had the money to go do things with your spouse, your family, to travel. How would you feel right now if you were really madly in love and had someone madly in love with you? How would you feel right now if you knew that you are in complete control and you can imagine up a wonderful life for yourself. How would you feel right now if if you knew without a doubt that it is all completely and always has been and always will be up to you? That feeling, that feeling is moving into that new state of consciousness. You're moving. Now the key for me is not to just do it and then 
forget about it. People, I see posts and, you know, Neville talks about letting go and dropping the seed. He's not talking about forgetting about it, like going back to your old state of doubt and fear and worry. No, he's talking about quit seeing it as something you want. You've dropped the seed, it's growing. Go from I want to I am. So you're not checking for signs. You're not digging the soil back and looking at the seed has popped open. No. You go about your day knowing and dwelling in this new feeling, this new state. And for me, the best uh, barometer for the state in which I'm dwelling, a good check on whether I'm in it or not still, is how I'm reacting to things. If my reactions have not changed at all, if my behavior hasn't changed, I am not dwelling in that new state. I'm holding on to the old state. But it doesn't have to be hard. Neville talks about frequency of getting back into that state, back into that assumption of the feeling of your wish fulfilled. Throughout the day, when you notice it, or when you periodically ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Once you start doing it, it becomes habitual to check in on yourself. Even I'm feeling, having a great day, great things are happening, I still check, how am I feeling right now? What am I thinking? Because I want to observe that. I want to be aware. I want to be and experience being the conscious observer of my thoughts and my reactions. When you, when you observe it, you can notice it. Notice your reactions and notice what you are thinking and feeling. And you can take the life right out of it. All of these concepts of self, you can change. You can give life to or let go of. I like to look at it as, okay, picture all of you, all of who you are is this big room. My, my bedroom is, I think it's almost... I think it's 28 by 30, or it's, it's a big bedroom. So I imagine this room is all of me. And in this room are balloons. I know this is kind of elementary, but I like the imagery here. So work with me. All of the balloons in here that are filled up with my breath are my concepts of self, are my, my beliefs. All right, let me rephrase that. This room is my state, is all of who I believe I am. And all the balloons in it are my beliefs and thoughts and reactions. There's that belief in lack floating around. I don't have to keep giving life to it because just like the balloon, with the balloon, I'm filling the balloon with my breath. I'm breathing into it. I'm giving that balloon life buoyancy. And if I don't like it, if I don't want to keep experiencing it, just like that belief in lack, instead of giving it life, instead of breathing life into it, I can let the air right out of it. I don't mind imagining, using symbols in my imagination. All of these are symbols. We're all symbols of what we're imagining. So I have no problem with some symbolic imaginings. <clears throat> Just take, let the life flow right out of it. 
let it go. Because your I am gives life and puts to death. Makes wealthy, makes poor. Makes sick and makes healthy. You give life to everything you're experiencing. So frequently throughout the day, that's the key, frequency, until it feels so natural to you to where your reactions are different now and how you view the world and how the people talk to you. Everything changes when you've moved states. Initially, you start to notice it and it's like, wow, this is weird, this is different. And Neville describes it like wearing a new suit or a new outfit. Like it's, you feel like everybody notices it. Like, oh, they're going to see my new shoes. And then it, it gets broken in and it gets more comfortable. You're used to it. So continue throughout the day bringing up that feeling of that new state. Oh, I am that. I am that. I am that right now. I'm not, and don't look at it as I got to do this to become this one day. No. I used to do that all the time. Think, okay, let me, let me feel myself back into this new state. Let me imagine myself back into it so I can get there one day. No. It's right now. Right this second. It's right now. So throughout the day, Notice your reactions. If you, don't, if you think your reactions indicate you're not in that new state, that's okay. Don't judge yourself. Notice it. Let it go. Get back into that feeling. Fall in love with that feeling to where you look forward to dwelling in that state, that present tense, first-person experience of being that right now madly in love with it, where that's all you're thinking about throughout the day and not thinking of it as coming, but thinking of, thinking and feeling as it now, right now. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Shoot me your e uh, email with me, your questions, your comments, if they're good. I don't want to hear your bad comments. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, this is feeling twisty.